I'll ask you to go ahead and take your seat, and uh, we will get started here this morning. We are glad that you are here. We hope that you are encouraged, that you are just blessed by being here, that you are challenged and encouraged. Today we, we wrap up our series um, that, that we have been going through for the last couple months, and so um, I hope you've been blessed by that. Uh, Bill's done a wonderful job with that, and I hope you've been encouraged and feel more prepared to engage with the world around us. Uh, just have two, two brief announcements this morning, and one is just a little bit for, for clarification purposes. Um, you'll see it in your bulletins, uh, and that is tonight. Uh, our, regularly, our regularly scheduled classes will not be happening tonight. Tonight, over in the Family Life Center at 5 o'clock, uh, we are doing uh, an LTC run-through. Historically, uh, at West Irwin, we would do, uh, our, our students who were working with LTC would, would do those events after the convention, but we are doing it uh, before the convention this year as an opportunity for them to just run through it in front of people once before they are at the convention. They're less than a week away now from that. And so tonight at 5 o'clock, we're going, we want to, and we want to encourage all of you, whether you know any of the kids that are in it or not, to come and just be there and encourage them and then immediately after, we're having what, what we're calling, and we've done it before, uh, a, a sandwich potluck. All that means is bring sandwiches to share, whatever kind you like. Uh, well, I don't know, that's, that's really broad. Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Bring whatever you'd like. Uh, I'm bringing peanut butter and jelly because that's what my kids like. And you'd be blown away if you ever came to one of those, how many adults sneak a half of a peanut butter and jelly just because, you know, they're still good. I don't care how old you are. And we'll have the sides. We'll provide all of that. And so we just want to encourage you to come and spend some time uh, with your church family like we talked about last week. Just be together, but also to encourage those kids. And one other thing that you'll see as you look in your, well, actually that you won't see as you look in your bulletins this morning. Um, when you're looking at your insert that you have on our elders and our deacons, that those names that were placed before the congregation last week, there was uh, accidentally one of those names that was left off of the deacon list, and that is Cameron Williams. And so we just wanted to make sure that y'all were uh, aware of that, uh, Cameron and Kristen and their family. Uh, and so just uh, mentally or with a pen, should you so choose, add them uh, to that list and... Uh, that way you'll have a complete list. We're going to go through the, we have, you have another week to respond to any of those, and I'm sure Jay might uh, reference that a little bit more, but providing any feedback that you might have on those. I ask you to join me and stand as we begin our time of worship together and open with prayer. Heavenly Father God, we are grateful to serve you because you have called us your own. You had adopted us as sons and daughters who have the opportunity to receive the gift of eternal life because of that adoption, because of the gift that Jesus Christ gave on the cross for our sins, that he paid a debt that we could never afford to pay. Now, we are grateful for that sacrifice, and we are grateful for our church family, for people that encourage us and walk alongside us in life, that are there for us through the mountaintops and through the valleys. Lord, as we gather together as that church family today, I pray that we are encouraged in song, that we are brought before your throne 
that we will lift our voices in praise to you, God, that we are reminded as we gather around the table of the gift that Jesus gave and what that means for each of us. And that through your, script, your holy scriptures, we are convicted to walk into a broken world knowing that the message we have to share is worth it. God, we ask for, for courage and for strength as we, as we engage in the world around us. And we are grateful for days like today where we can be prepared to step outside of these walls. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. each of you here in our assembly today and those of you that are worshiping online uh, we're glad to have you all too uh, I'd like to take the opportunity to thank Bill for uh, bringing this series of lessons sermons he has and the class classes that we've had over the past several weeks um, it, it ties into what we need what we have to do what we're confronted with every day and it gives us a uh, opportunities to to speak out for what we believe against what's going on in, in our world and our culture today so thank you bill uh, we appreciate that you've done a great job with it let's begin in prayer father we come to you today uh, with thankful hearts that we can be called your children that we can assemble in your name and and that you are present here among with uh, with us father we're thankful that uh your love and that uh, 
As we see love around us, we see you around us. Father, we have uh, many on our prayer and care list today. We pray that you'll be with uh, with each of those, uh, especially mindful of uh, Clinton Culpepper and, and his illness at this time. Father, we ask for your comfort for those that have lost loved ones. Uh, we're mindful of the Hope family and the, and the death of Kim. We pray that you'll be with them and comfort them. We realize uh, what a great job uh, Gail and Tim have done over the years in, in caring for Kim and with her disabilities and infirmities. We pray that uh, you will comfort them at this time, uh, knowing that uh, her all her infirmities are, are taken away and that she is whole at this time. Father, uh, also for the uh, Fern Bench family, we pray that you will be with them in the passing of Fern. Uh, Fern and Roy were members here for so many years, and uh, many of us remember them. We pray that you'll comfort that family. Father, also for the Nelson family, the friends of uh, Bill and Joyce's daughter and son-in-law, we pray that you'll be with them. We know that uh, they were involved in a serious, very terrible, seriously accident this past past uh, week uh, and lost one of their children and uh, several other family members are in the been in surgeries and probably have more surgeries coming up. We pray that you will comfort them, that you will be with uh, Amy and Brian as they are there to uh, stand beside this family in the time of loss and tragedy. Father, the tornadoes that have swept through the country in the past week we left much devastation, left uh, many uh, with fatalities and Many lost their homes and property and, and life. Father, we pray that you'll be with those families uh, throughout uh, the South and that were have taken place as a result of these tornadoes. We pray that you'll be with them, uh, the ones in Mississippi and Arkansas and Indiana. Uh, Father, we know that you know who they are. We pray that you will take care of their needs and that their uh, family, their communities will come to their aid. Father, we're thankful for the men that have been placed before the congregation as, as elders and deacons. We uh, are thankful to you that you have sent these men, you have prepared these men for these positions, for these uh, responsibilities to the church. Father, we look forward to uh, having them in the uh, eldership and the deaconship. We pray that they will uh, take their role seriously, that they will do a good job. In, in their obligations. Father, uh, we'd ask that you'd be with our LTC group uh, as they travel to, to Dallas this week, that uh, they will have a safe trip, that they will uh, perform their, uh, their show their talents uh, in a way that, that brings glory to you, your name. Father, we we're thankful for the students, for each one of them, and for the coaches, for the organizers of LTC. We pray that uh, as they uh, prepare for for their various uh, areas of activities, that they will not only present them well this weekend, next weekend, but that they will also uh, use them in your kingdom and in in the church in the future. Father, uh, thank you once again for the study that uh, we've had over the last uh, few months. 
and for Bill's sermons on the current worldly problems that are, have invaded our culture. Father, we know we're, we know we're not battling uh, the flesh and blood, but we're battling against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against uh, spiritual weaknesses in high places. Father, uh, oftentimes we, we pray, we say that <clears throat> all we can do is pray about things in our lives, but <clears throat> that's not, also, not always so, Father. We, we realize that we can, uh, we can do things, that we can uh, be active, and that we can uh, speak up, and that we can live up to what you've uh, called us to do. Father, uh, as we're told to put on the whole armor of God, we're told to uh, shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel. Father, help us always to uh, study, to, to know your word, and to know your will. Father, we pray that you will give us the opportunities to, uh, to speak out for you in boldness, with confidence, that we, uh, that we will always uh, speak with boldness to others around us that uh, may differ with us, that we will speak with boldness, but we will speak of the gospel of love with love. Father, thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the great sacrifice that you made. It's through his name that we pray. Amen. filling in for Wayne Berryman this morning, and I would ask that you keep Wayne and Bitsy in your prayers and ask that they might enjoy a measure of better health. Thinking back to Genesis 1-1, it says, God created the heavens and the earth. And then as we follow history on down through the book, God decides to create man in his own image, and then he creates woman from man, and he gives them a beautiful place to live in, but they go against God's will, and as we go down through history, 
time and again, the children of Israel are in good shape, good condition, but they go against God for some reason, whatever, and God forgives them because he loves them so much. And they come back, and then again, they fall off, and they, God forgives them, and they come back. Ultimately, God decides to send his son Jesus to the earth to walk among men, to feel the same things that we feel, to experience the same things that we feel. But Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice for all of us in that he gave his life on Calvary so that we might have forgiveness of sins and we have a heavenly home with our Father. Pray with me, please. Father God, thank you so much for the sacrifice of sending your son Jesus to die for us. As we partake of this bread, we ask that uh, you would help us to be mindful that it represents the body that he gave in our stead. In Jesus' name, amen.
pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, as we continue this memorial and partake of this fruit of the vine, let us remember that it represents the blood that Jesus shed for our sins so that we might be free from sin and might have a heavenly home with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. oftentimes of the fact that our building has heat and light and that it's available to us when we need it. There are so many other things that when we give back to the Lord what he has given to us that that money goes and does. It goes all over the world. It goes to a very large degree here into this community. And one of the most life-altering things when it comes to what I've been given that was ever said to me is that the way I give is a direct reflection of my relationship with God because it says how much I trust him. Do we trust him with the things that we feel like we have to be in control of, that we feel like these things have to happen and then with whatever is left, then I can trust God with that. And it touched me in a really profound way Because I feel like for so much of my life, I have tried to remain the one in control and allow God to bleed into those other parts of my life. As we give this morning, I would encourage you in the days and weeks and months ahead to ask yourself, have you given God control of your life in every aspect? Do you allow his teaching, his 
impact on your life to then impact all those other pieces. So please pray with me as we pray for the offering. Heavenly Father God, we are grateful for all that you have given us. I know that sometimes it seems like there's more there than other times. Sometimes things seem difficult. But when we really stop and look, we realize just how truly blessed we are. And God, I pray that we would trust you with that blessing, that we would trust you with what you have shared with us. And that we would in turn use that to bless others. That we would trust the leadership of this church in the way that that money is spent. And that we would be encouraged to know that your name is being spread because of that. It's all these things we ask in your son's name. Amen. While they are going through and gathering the contribution, I wanted to share with you our ministry highlight uh, that we have uh, been going through. And I realized that, sorry, I always want to walk around and I realize i got to stay here. It's so hard. I'm, I'm gripping to keep me here. I realize that when you see the words you see on the screen, why am I doing a ministry highlight on Ladies Inspiration Day? Let me tell you, ladies, I'm a pretty inspiring guy. Uh, Not enough. Okay. No, uh, Carolyn Philpott was in charge of our Ladies Inspiration Day this year, and uh, she reached out to me and just said, hey, I could use some help with a few different aspects of this, and to which I told her, you know, for all the help she, she has given to me over the years and given to so many other people, I was more than happy to help her do that. And uh, for those of y'all that aren't aware, this for many years was a very regular, a yearly occurrence at West Irwin. But like so many other things, uh, COVID stepped in uh, for that brief period of time and changed the way for that period of time that we did things. And so this was the first Ladies Inspiration Day they had had in four years. And so I know Carolyn was a little apprehensive about who might show up, who might not. You know, she was just hoping that maybe 50 ladies would join her. Uh, And lo and behold, they had over 80 women come uh, just a a few weeks ago on this day. And you'll see in the pictures behind us, there are are tables. Uh, There were people who volunteered, women, ladies who volunteered to be table leaders. And they decorated each one of those tables uh, individually. Each one of those table leaders did. They led discussions at their tables uh, that were centered around the, the topics that were shared that day. Some of the things talked about the, the life of Ruth and, and her, her connection, her commitment to the people in her life, but also uh, to the phases of life that uh, are unique to women. And what, one of the things that I think just, I, I had the privilege of being one of these ladies' youth ministers, is that people from this church, ladies from this church, were the ones who were sharing their stories that day. There wasn't a speaker brought in from somewhere else. Uh, Kenzie Paris, Lauren Delividay, Leanna Freeman, and Sheila Harris all talked about their life, their life in the church, how God had brought them to the point that they're at now, uh, how God had used them and other people to pour into their lives. And 
I believe that our stories are the most powerful tool that we have second only to the word of God in our life because it shows people God is active and moving and real in our lives, that he is playing a role in carrying us through both the good and the bad. And so I know that it took a lot of, a lot of people to pull that off, that there was a, a large crew in the kitchen that was making sure that that very, very nice meal was shared, uh, that these, the decorations for the day happened. I know Connie Sublette paid a, played a big role in that as well. And so just as a, not from a me to you, but from what I know from hearing from many women, it was an incredibly encouraging day. It was an inspiring day, which is, was the whole point of it to begin with. And so we think that sharing things like this is important. And you may be sitting there as a man thinking, man, what does this have to do with me? I'm like, because this is your family. This is your church. And if you want to answer that question, if you think, what does this have to do with me? Then help us plan the next men's day that we have here at this church. Then, I'll, then we'll share that with the ladies and they can see all the wild game that we ate and that we took down barehanded out in the mean streets here. And so... Uh, ladies, I thank you for, for those of you who helped with that. Thank you for making that day so special. And for those who were blessed by it, uh, for many more to come. Well, it's time for the blast program. If you're involved in that, you are dismissed at this time. To make it easier for them, if you'd stand with me as we sing before Bill's lesson, we will sing Jesus Hold My Hand. What a comforting thought that is.
You know, there's a lot going on around here. There are a lot of needs, a lot of prayer concerns. There are a lot of activities, a lot of things that have happened recently, a lot of things that are about to happen. And we're excited about them all and are grateful for them all. Uh, Certainly join in Eric's comments appreciating our wonderful women's ministry and all of our ladies who are part of the Ladies Inspiration Day and other activities that our, our wonderful godly women here are a part of and in charge of and pull off. And we're uh, so grateful for, for all of you. Uh, another wonderful ministry we have here, many of us are involved in, is Douglas Elementary and have been for the last several years. Uh, we're going to be collecting some donations so that they can buy shirts for some of their poorer students who need to buy a new shirt because they've changed their school logo. And so now it's uh, amazing to most of us that $10 is too much for a family to afford to buy a shirt for their child. But that is the reality that many Douglas students face and their families. So if you want to be part of that, Sharon Beaver is going to have a uh, a little bit of information out there. And also uh, you can give that to her or to me. And uh, we'll be glad if you have a check, mark it to Church of Christ here at West Irwin, but uh, mark in the memo that it is for Douglas. Um, Of course, our hearts are also concerned uh, for the uh, students and staff and faculty and families of the Covenant School uh, in Nashville, where there was a a horrible shooting and um, uh, several uh, died because of that uh, shooting six killed three students and three uh, teachers or administrators and so we want to hold them up we have so many that have been devastated uh, with homes with loss of life of loved ones from the storms that have passed through recently and uh, we are concerned uh, for all of them as well Joyce and I especially appreciate each of you for remembering our children Brian and Amy Tyndall and our grandchildren uh, Samuel LMA and Will uh, in the loss of, of uh, their dear friend, um, a young 13 or 14-year-old girl, and uh, their hearts mourn for Quinn Nelson and for all of their family. This, this is a family that was very enmeshed with each other and in each other's lives. They were in each other's homes all the time. They did everything together. They were taking a vacation in Texas together. We're going to meet up here from Maryland when uh, uh, the Nelsons had that tragic accident late, late Wednesday night. Uh, near Memphis. So please continue to keep that family in your prayers. We appreciate that. And of course, um, the Holt family as well, also having lost a daughter and a sister. And so our hearts and prayers are with them through this time, that memorial service. There's information about that in the bulletin, but that service is tomorrow morning uh, at Lloyd James here in town. Um, of course, the process of selecting more elders and deacons, we're so excited to have more added to the, to the workforce. Um, I was telling one of them uh, Wednesday night when I saw him, I said, you realize what this means? This means that your name is just higher on my list of people to call when I need something. <laughs> so thank you for that. And uh, we do have wonderful men and women in this church that lead us and shepherd us and help us and serve us. And uh, we are very, very uh, blessed indeed. And, of course, Leadership Training for Christ. Yes, that's what that LTC stands for, Leadership Training for Christ. We have a lot of students that are involved in that. Tucker and Elizabeth, of course, are at the forefront of this. Tucker has done a wonderful job organizing all of this. And 
Um, that will be this coming weekend in Dallas, but there's been weeks and weeks of preparation. So I really, truly hope that you'll be here tonight at 5 p.m. And you'll see some of these uh, kids that are participating. Uh, we'll have drama, we'll have chorus, we'll have puppets, we'll have a, a speaker or two. And afterwards, we'll have sandwiches that you will bring. <laughs> so it'll be a great, great evening tonight. And the presentation won't last long, and then we'll have uh, some time to share and to uh, give our kids uh, a great deal of encouragement. Um, you know, I wrote the first line of this sermon before all of the events of this week happened. Sometimes it seems like our week looks like the week Jesus had when he rode into Jerusalem for the last time. Today is what many call Palm Sunday. It is the day of, uh, leads into the week where Jesus was ultimately uh, betrayed and denied and forsaken and tried and convicted and put to death and then raised from the dead. Um, and so that week was tumultuous. It had highs and lows and um, some of the highs were very high, including this entry into Jerusalem, what some call the triumphal entry. And it was, a, it was a wonderful moment in Jesus' life, and everybody loved him, and they were uh, singing praises to him. Our song, uh, I Will Enter His Gates, taken from the Psalms, and also uh, Hosanna, uh, that corresponds with those things that everyone was saying when Jesus entered Jerusalem for the last time. And so some weeks that we have seem like that, and uh, some weeks that we have maybe less so. But it seems like these last several days have had some highs and also some very deep lows. And so as we think of, of all of these things, and we come to the end of this series, we've been using as a resource Sarah Barrett's wonderful book, Stand Up, Stand Strong. And I appreciate the kind things that Eric and, and Jay and so many of you have shared as we've gone through uh, this series. And, um, and so today, as we finish this study, let's ask ourselves, what happens now? What happens now? One of the things that uh, we ask ourselves when we're preparing sermons or preparing lessons is, so what? So this is great knowledge, Bill. This is great information. Thank you for helping us maybe to know a little bit about more about what, what this, these issues are, uh, what's going on. And so today the question is, what happens now? It's the, it's the so what? What do we do with this part in our uh, class this morning, uh, we, we asked the question, okay, this is all great and good and praying is good and, and that's very important and I'll talk more about that in a few minutes, but what, what am I doing to try to help? To try to help our culture, to try to help our community, to try to help individuals, some of whom are in my own family, who struggle with some of the questions and issues that we've been talking about throughout these last few months. And I think it's important for us to ask that question, what happens now? And I hope one thing that happens now is that you will not be uh, so afraid to join in to some of those conversations and maybe be a little bit more prepared, not just with the knowledge, but also the reminder to do that with love and consideration and respect and humility. But to do that, but to do that. And maybe I said that wrong. Maybe the goal was not to make you less afraid. Maybe the goal was just to make you act in spite of your fears. Because <laughs> isn't that what courage is? 
If you're not afraid, it doesn't take any courage. These have been hard questions and hard issues, and I certainly haven't had all the answers. Probably have generated more questions. But we need to ask ourselves, what happens now? What do I do with this? We are called to be witnesses, to make disciples, to be ambassadors for Christ. That's our calling. That's our mission. To be witnesses, Jesus told us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, before he ascended, you are to be my witnesses in your immediate area, in the surrounding area, to the very end of the world, very end of the earth. We are to be disciples. Jesus called us to be disciples, and we are to be involved. We are to be disciples who make disciples. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 calls us to do that. To go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And I'll be with you through it all, Jesus says. He wants us to be disciples making disciples, sharing that message, engaging in those conversations, planting the seeds that maybe God won't act on for a long, long time, but planting them nonetheless, knowing that he will. And then to be ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 says that's what we are. We are ambassadors for Christ, imploring people be reconciled to God. That's our calling. That's our purpose. That's our mission. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we don't get an exemption simply because today that's unpopular, risky, and difficult. <laughs> we, just, we just don't. Jesus doesn't get us, give us a get-out-of-witnessing-free card <laughs> because it's hard. In fact, it's just the opposite. We recognize that this is a spiritual battle we're in, just as Jay shared. And James, as we gathered around the table, brought us back to the very beginning when God created it with a wonderful vision of what it would be like. And then Satan came through and uh, Adam and Eve fell. And, they, and now we've all fell, fallen and, and sinned. And we live in a fallen world, and it makes this hard. It makes this hard to be witnesses, to be disciples, who make disciples, to be ambassadors, imploring others to be reconciled to God. One of the things Eric shared, and I did listen to uh, his sermon, he came in on me in my office this week and said, you're not really listening to that, are you? <laughs> you're not really watching that, are you? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I watch his. I don't watch mine. I it would shatter my self-esteem if I watched mine. I, I just can't do it. Um, but one of the things he said is that living out Christ's truth in this world won't be easy. And, and that's true. And, it, and that shouldn't surprise us. We've said all along throughout this series that Jesus said over and over and over again in the Gospels, this is going to be hard. People are not going to go out of their way to try to respond uh, positively to your message. In fact, just the opposite. People are going to think they're serving God by making your life miserable because of this message. But we should view that as an opportunity to make a difference in a world for which Jesus died. He came to this earth knowing exactly what it would mean, and yet he did it. 
And now we have the opportunity to share the love and word of Christ as well. In your sermon outline on the, in the bulletin, you'll see that there are a, a lot of scriptures there, and they're arranged by line Monday through Saturday. And so I would encourage you to read through those scriptures each day this week, to read through just those scriptures tomorrow on Monday that are listed there. And if you want to jump ahead, go ahead, but read through each of those. And I realize it's LTC week, so that's going to be hard for some, but at the same time, it's not going to take you very long. It's not a whole lot of scriptures, but you'll see on each line some scriptures that spend off of today's message, but also kind of look back on a lot of the things that we've shared and call us to take our worldview to the world. It is not to end with us. God has given us this great message. He's given us this great salvation. But that has never been intended to be the end of it. Rather, He has called us to be witnesses, to make disciples, to be ambassadors. Even when that's hard. Even when the message is unpopular. Even when to speak out is risky. Even when it's difficult. So... Today, a few helpful tactics. A few helpful tactics. Number one, do your homework. Do your homework. And again, not just to learn it, but to learn how to apply it, to learn how to use it. Because it's not just about how much you know, but it's about what you're willing to do with what you know. How you're willing to share it. How you're willing to expose other people to this knowledge. In this series, we've talked a lot about truth versus being in a post-truth environment. And I think that's a great description of the United States in the 21st century. This post-truth culture that we're in, and yet for us, we don't believe that. We believe there is a truth. It's called God's Word. It's the Bible. And so we seek to know it, first of all, and then we seek to live it out, secondly, in our lives, and then we seek to share it with others. With love, yes. With respect, yes. With consideration, yes. With humility, yes. But to share it. To be witnesses. To be disciples, making disciples. To be ambassadors for Christ. And so after the, the sermon, we'll sing the song, Ancient Words. It's kind of an odd choice for an invitation song. I wonder, Rusty, if you thought that when you uh, considered that, but, I, but I, I think that's ideal for the end of this series. We go back to those ancient words. Do your homework. Secondly, ask good questions. Stephen Covey's, uh, uh, one of his uh, seven habits of highly effective people, to seek first to understand, then to be understood. We, we tend to jump into being understood. I've got to make my point. And as we're sitting there and we're listening, our blood, is, our blood pressure is getting higher and higher and the hair on the back of our neck is standing up higher and higher and, and we're getting more and more upset. But that's a, what we're doing in that moment is two things. Number one, we're trying to understand what this person has been through that has brought them to this point in their life where they believe this. And then secondly, we're trying to tell them that we care. 
that we don't just care about being right and proving them wrong, that we care about them just as they are. Because so does Jesus. And he died for them just as they are. And he died for us just as we are. Ask good questions is the way to do that. Why would you feel that way? What are, is there anything that's happened in your life that has brought that point home? Ask good questions. Number three, differentiate between arguments and assertions. Assertions are just opinions. Oh, I believe this, or I think that. And that's fine for people to say, it's fine for us to say, but anybody can say anything there. Differentiate between arguments and assertions. Arguments are valid assertions, but that are backed up. That there are reasons why this is something that I believe. And so you get out there in Never Never Land where everybody says anything, and that seems to be the, the uh, policy today. You don't have to back anything up. You don't have to prove anything. In a post-truth society, you can say and believe anything, and so can everybody else. But in God's Word, that's not the case. And in our lives, we understand that's not the case. It's not the case for us. It's not the case for this world that God has created. Number four, don't try to win the argument. And so our desire is to converse, not coerce. It's to be involved in persuading, not manipulating. Because I think when we do that, people get that and they understand it and the radar goes off and they shut down. And they don't care how right we are because we have communicated to them that we just don't care about them. We care about winning the argument. Our goal is to win the soul, not win the argument. That's the ultimate goal. And too many times we have won the argument and the soul has walked right out never to come back. In the book, Sarah Barrett writes, don't make it your goal to prove them wrong in one conversation. Instead, put a stone in their shoe. One of the writers, she quotes, says, put a stone in their shoe. Give them something to think about. I believe that our job is to plant and water, and it's God's job to make it grow. And that's straight out of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 3. I planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. That doesn't give us permission not to do our job, not to plant, not to water. In this chapter, Sarah Barrett writes, I focus on being faithful, but I trust God to be effective. Number five, stay humble throughout the conversation. We've looked at several scriptures that call us to be humble, including 1 Peter 3 that says, always be ready to answer, but do that with gentleness and respect. Galatians 6, go to that brother or sister that's caught in a sin, but do that with humility, considering your own sins as well. Next, be encouraged by heroes of the faith, then and now. And Hebrews 11, of course, is that great honor roll of faith. And they're all the, not all of them, but many of the Bible heroes that are in that chapter. That we can be encouraged by them. Many times their, uh, their work was difficult. It was a hard journey that they were on to maintain that faith. And, and, and yet they endured. And they did not endure faultlessly or sinlessly because they were human beings just like we are. And that also gives us encouragement. And then in the book, she lists a few examples of individuals that 
that were heroic in standing for truth. She mentions the students of the White Rose, five college students and their professor who distributed six leaflets in Nazi Germany in 1942 and 1943, and all were killed for it. All were killed for it. But after their deaths, others took up their call and continued to publish and print and release those pamphlets. Even the Royal Air Force distributed millions of them. They made a difference, these college-age young people. She mentions Lila Rose, who is probably the premier pro-life voice out there. At nine years old, nine years old, she saw a picture of what an aborted baby looks like, and it changed her life at nine years old. And from then on, she committed her life to understanding that more and learning more about it. And uh, at, at, the age, at age 15, she formed Live Action, which is, again, the premier pro-life group out there, getting that message out there. At the age of 18, she began going undercover and making videos of Planned Parenthood and their abortion policies. Another example they give is William and Catherine Booth. William Booth, the founder of East London Christian Mission and that later became the Salvation Army. And he began that work that was his passion to help them with their physical needs but also with their spiritual needs. That started when he was 15 years old. When asked what made their mission so successful, William said this, I will tell you the secret. God has had all there was of me. And that gets back to what Eric shared earlier. Have we given God everything? God has had all there was of me. So who are your heroes? If I were to ask you to list three or four or five heroes in your lifetime that have been spiritual mentors that you still uh, are encouraged by, who would they be? Who would they be? But perhaps an even more important question for us today is, would you be on anyone's list today? Have you been involved in someone's life? Have you been an influencer with someone so much so that if I were to ask them, give me three or four names of people that have really impacted your life, that have really been good examples for Christ, that have helped you spiritually, would any of them have your name in their mind? I hope so. Lastly today, God will not settle for mediocre, otherwise known as lukewarm. (laughs) The biblical word for that is lukewarm. And you know the passage is taken right out of Revelation 3. Chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation, the seven letters to the seven churches of Asia, the far western part of modern day Turkey. And one of those letters was to the church at Laodicea who looked like they were rich and doing well. But Jesus said, inside you're poor and you're dead. And he told them this, you're neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, he says. But you're not, you're lukewarm. And because you're lukewarm, I'm going to do what? Spit you out of my mouth. Jesus literally says that. God will not settle for lukewarm. He'll not settle for mediocre. Barrett writes, in many ways, we've settled for mediocre. We've looked at the culture with its confusion, pain, and immorality and called it too broken, too far gone, too hard. While we retreated into the corner with the one thing that has the power to transform it all. And no, that's not the person running for president in 2024. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the only answer. 
And I agree with that. We've compromised our commitment to truth and weakened the power of the gospel we proclaim. As a result, our lives have begun to look more like the world and less like Christ. Culture can be transformed only by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's time we stepped back into our role as conveyors and ambassadors of this good news. We've settled for mediocre too long. It's not enough to just know the truth. We have to put truth into action. Here's the thing. If our goal is political, there are 100,000 other people that could do that that have our exact conviction. But who will carry this message if we don't? No one. No one. Politics come and go, leaders come and go, nations come and go, but the Word of God endures forever. And that's the Word that we have. Oswald Chambers writes, whenever we insist that God should give us an answer to prayer, we're off track. The purpose of prayer, he says, is that we get a hold of God, not a hold of the answer. You see, the power of prayer is not prayer itself. Though the act of praying gives us a lot of encouragement, For those who pray, it gives encouragement to those who are the recipients of those prayers. But that's not the power of prayer. The power of prayer is the one to whom we pray. The power of prayer is the one who is on the throne. We recognize that our prayers will not always be answered with a yes. But if those prayers are connecting us with the one who truly is in control of this world... And our faith and trust in Him continue to grow, then the challenges we face today will not overcome us. We will continue to have that victory in Jesus that we sing about occasionally. You've heard me say it many times. I've come to believe two things about God. What are they? Number one, I believe God exists. And number two, I'm not Him. And neither are you. Do we trust in that God? When we look around and we see the difficulties that we face, we see the seemingly insurmountable evil in our world. Do we trust God in the midst of that? Prayer leads us to that God. Four crucial questions then as we close. Number one, will we sacrifice our foremost calling for secondary substitutes. We'll, and some of those secondary substitutes are really important. And I believe in them. But they're not number one in my life. Secondly, will we be his hands and feet? Or will we lock up our love? Will we not only pray that God would make a difference in our culture and in our communities today. But will we actually seek to be that difference? However that looks, in whatever he's calling us to do, in whoever he's pointing us to engage. Number three, will we faithfully live out the message or will we compromise our standards? Will we rationalize to avoid the difficulties and say, no, 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 I I, I think maybe God's word doesn't say that when we know it does. And number four, will we love comfort Or Christ? Are we willing to get out of our comfort zones? To go where God leads us. To be his ambassadors. 
to make disciples, to be obedient witnesses. Culture is drowning in a sea of lies. That's the post-truth reality. Our culture is drowning in a sea of lies. The time for truth-telling is now. The time for going back to these ancient words and learning them, knowing them, living them, sharing them. That time is now. Jesus told his disciples, look, look around. In a world every bit as difficult, maybe more than now. <laughs> the first century Roman Empire. He said, look around. The fields are white for harvest. They're ready. All you've got to do is look. All you've got to do is be brave enough to get down there and harvest. And to plant and water in order to make that happen. What we might see as great challenges and dangers, God sees as great opportunities to be witnesses, to be salt and light, to live out and proclaim the love and word of Christ, the truth, the truth and grace of God. If you need encouragement and prayer today to do that, we're all called to do that. Come as we remind ourselves of these ancient words. Let's stand and sing our song.
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this glorious day that you've allowed us to come here and congregate together. Uh, be with us, uh, be with the youth group as we head to LTC and we head to practice today. Uh, Lord, my heart goes out to the uh, victims of the various tornado outbreaks that have hit the eastern plains of the United States. Lord, uh, help us, well, help them most over to uh, come out of the rubble and have their communities rebuilt better than ever. Thank, uh, thank you again for the day we've had and uh, allow us to heed uh, our preacher's advice as we head out into the days and weeks ahead. And it's through Jesus I pray, amen.